0: Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael
1: Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical, out foul. Of timeout. Technical, foul. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline. Hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May it's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them tar heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year the confetti. It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time.
0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, back with you guys today. Not going to call it an emergency podcast let's call it a caught off guard podcast oh it's an emergency podcast because
1: my behind was getting ready to go home and then we had a change of plans. so this is in fact an emergency Nah, because if you were going home you were going home to do to do nothing so i was at, that is not true first of all i was going home to nap that is something second of all I uh, I got to figure out what to write during the bye week uh, for football. This is throwing me off this early bye week. But the Toriel's in basketball,
0: <laughs> not much downtime. This is this is some schedule they got, man. Yeah, and, uh, and so the news of the day was the fact that we were both caught off guard, that the ACC was unveiling the conference slate for all teams today across the Atlantic Coast Conference. And uh, so with that, Carolina, of course, has their schedule. So we're going to break it down. We're going to give you all the 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 little nuggets you need. We're going to go month by month what this slate looks like for the Tar Heels. And then we'll give our overall thoughts on the schedule. But before we do any of that fun stuff, we start every edition of the Four Corners podcast, as we always do, with our Pod Thought of the Day, brought to you by Raycon.
1: As if the McCrispie couldn't get any better... Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Lately, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, a lot of music, a lot of sports talk radio. And it's been great. One reason why is because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do so. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound Better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. You can trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons' everyday earbuds have over 50000 five-star reviews some of my favorite features include the earbud tap function along with noise isolation awareness mode which makes my listening experience so much better go to buyraycon.com today and use the promo code tbpn15 to get 15 percent off your raycon order now That's code TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN15. Really hope you guys are intrigued about using some of their products because... As Anthony and I are starting to tell you, we could not do our jobs, we cannot do our podcast the way that we do them without with, without Raycon, and we're just really glad to have them a part of the Four Corners Podcasting Family and here on the Basketball Podcasting Network, and so. Let's get to that aforementioned pod thought of the day. And one thing we talked about a lot towards the end of last season, as Armando Baycott was was ending his historic run, was he was tie or he was closing in on David Robinson uh, for setting the, the single season mark for double doubles back when he was a collegiate player at Navy. And whenever you hear about Armando Baycott in the preseason, when they talk about his accolades, they'll talk about how he did tie that mark of thirty one games. A year ago, so I thought today with the schedule being released and the start of practice literally right around the corner And then the season, I mean still, it's less than two months away, but it'll be here before you know it We might as well just go to David Robinson for today's thought And D-Rob said, you're going to face criticism You're always going to face challenges But those that are there to make you stronger and more committed And look, doing this podcast today, sort of a challenge because uh, we didn't know we had one to do, we knew we were recording this week. I had something different in mind for what we were going to talk about, which we still may talk about later in the week. But this is this is you know this is what we got challenged with. And it's gonna make us stronger, and it shows how committed we are. We knew at the last second. hey, we got a schedule we need to get on and talk about because we do have a responsibility to our listeners to to be prompt when news does come out regarding the program and uh that's what we're here uh to do today is to to talk about carolina's uh two thousand twenty two twenty three Conference slate, which, which gets started in earnest. Their very first conference game comes December 4th at Virginia Tech. This marks the fourth time in the last five seasons the Tar Heels have started ACC play on the road. And this has kind of been the norm since they started going to even the 18 game conference slate. They have started moving games into somewhat into December and we knew they had a, a a a a ACC game at this part of the schedule because there was a there was a long layoff in between non-conference games. So we just were waiting to figure out who that opponent was going to be. We now know that will be Virginia Tech, a place that um if you're familiar with Carolina basketball, Castle Coliseum, the record there is pretty. They 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 usually go there and they usually walk away victorious, but If you follow this program for as long as I have, you know that going there and winning um, isn't very easy. The first ACC game for Carolina also comes in December. That comes against Georgia Tech, a team that Carolina – this is kind of where you see Georgia Tech in the ACC slate. You kind of see them early on in the season, but that's where you get your first ACC home game. I know for me, Anthony, the first thing I do when I get the schedule, when do we play Duke? And Yep. Um, with with Carolina, or no, with the Super Bowl being a week later, they've actually moved the game back up a week because they had moved the game after the week of the Super Bowl um, to kind of give it more of a national spotlight. But with the Super Bowl now a week later because of the extended NFL season, they've now moved the game back where you used to see it in the calendar. So they see Duke – uh, they they go to Duke on February 4th, that of course is a Saturday, and then they host Duke, which of course will be senior night, on March the 4th. So a full month in between both Carolina and Duke games, which is how it used to be. The only difference is now that um, they're now both Saturday matchups, which TV loves. Most of us diehard basketball fans, we miss the Wednesday night late tip.
1: Well, I will say yes as a basketball fan. Uh, as somebody that has to get up and go to work at 4.30 in the morning, I don't miss the 9 o'clock tips. That would, I, I mean, now, I mean, granted, it's only, it's a two-hour game. That's the only good thing about that, but... um, yeah, I mean, it, it, you knew it was going to happen eventually because they're going to make so much more money because they can run all these features. They can do. They're going to have both game days there. They have so much, so much that they can do around the game. I mean, like just just, just look at last year. Um, you know, they they put all that into K's final home game. Now, granted, that would have been the that would have still been a Saturday. I mean, I'm the dude that. You that, that that misses them playing on CBS, yeah, more than more, really more than that Thursday. I, I miss
0: being able to watch them because I always loved the CBS calls. Well, I, well, let's 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 rephrase that. I used to love the CBS broadcast when it was Jim Nance and Clark Kellogg, or even back in the days when Billy Packer was on the call. You can miss me with a Jim Nance Grant Hale combo. I'd love to have Bill Rafferty in the well, building. Well, that's
1: that's what I'm there for. For a I'm Duke there for Carolina
0: Rams. game, but nah. you know you can miss me with with those two dudes. I just wonder, ESPN, when we're in Cameron Indoor Stadium on February fourth, is it going to be built up as coach as 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 John Shire's first Duke uh, Duke Carolina game? Because it was all about Coach K's final game in Cameron, final game against Carolina, although we would see them in the Final Four. I just wonder Same how they're going to spin it um, to, to hey, really... Feel lo-
1: free. Roll that set out there. Do a whole day dedicated to them. Bring all. I, you know what you should do? You should bring back a bunch of alumni. Because, I mean, that's never gone wrong for you before. Just bring them all back for one big event. And
0: let's just see how it works out. It will be interesting to see if Kay will be in the building for that for that game. Oh yeah. You know you know he'll be there. Um so the the both Duke games, we go to Duke February fourth, we host Duke March the fourth. <laughs> NC State games. Um Carolina hosts state January twenty first. They go to NC State February nineteenth. So just like the the Duke matchups. You know, roughly a month in between those games. That's kind of always been the standard. Really, no big surprise there. The only surprise this year is going to be how much does Carolina beat State by in both of those games. Another big part of the schedule that we always got to pay attention to is what teams does Carolina see twice in the regular season? With the 20-game conference schedule, you have six opponents that you see twice. And for Carolina that year, this year, it's always Duke and NC State. The other four schools consist of Wake Forest, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, and Virginia. No surprise that Wake Forest and Virginia show back up here um, the ACC, something I really have really challenged them to do the last couple of years is is make your marquee matchups marquee again. And Wake Forest had a surprise season a year ago, um, and, and Steve Forbes has that program trending in the right direction. Virginia features a team that once again will be a trendy pick to finish. In the top three or four teams in the ACC, and they love to see the Carolina Notre Dame matchups because it's always they're usually good ball games. Um, and then Carolina Pittsburgh, um, you, you know, not usually you know not not a fan favorite to see them play twice in a lot of history with those two programs, but you can usually count those as two wins. So the teams that Carolina only gets at home this year, they get Georgia Tech at home, as we mentioned. Boston College, Miami, and Clemson. Very formidable. Very all four games you're probably looking at and in your head, even though Miami wasn't a was an elite eight team a year ago, they returned some of their key players, add in a key transfer from Kansas State at that, you're still probably in your head counting four wins. Mm-hmm. So on the flip side, the teams that Carolina only gets to see on the road, Virginia Tech, as we talked about, they got to go to Louisville which this is a Louisville that Louisville program is a program in transition but we all remember how tough that game was at their place a year ago after they had fired Chris Mack they've got to go to Syracuse you got to you got to go to the dome and then Florida State a place where even like Blacksburg the record isn't bad it's always just been a tough place for Carolina to come away victorious there in the Tucker Center and then the other thing you really pay attention to with the schedule is how many Saturday Monday turnarounds do you have. Mm-hmm. And Carolina's only got two of them. And the best part about those two is both sets come at home. And the first set um is very it's 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 very formidable because um the the the, the opponents are are a lot more easier for Carolina to to win. Um those will be um Clemson on February 11th and Miami on February 13th. The second set, though, Virginia on February 25th, and then it's actually at Florida State on February 27th. But at least one of le- one of the legs are at home um, for Carolina, as opposed to they have had some in years past where both games were de facto road games and Carolina was away. From the Smith Center. All right, now let's let's get into our month by month breakdown, and this is where Anthony. You'll hear a little bit more from him because I've been kind of hogging the mic. But then again, it is it is my podcast. Here we go. So yep. uh, now, Let's go with December. Just three games, but two of the three are away from home. Carolina at Virginia Tech versus Georgia Tech, and then at Pittsburgh either on New Year's Eve Eve or on New Year's Eve. And I think for Carolina, the best part about those ACC games being right there in December is because, and we talked about this earlier this offseason, with the non-conference schedule, we're going to have a pretty good gauge of what this team is because this team's going to play so many quality opponents. And we'll have a feeling by the time they, they face Virginia Tech and, and when they play Georgia Tech, but for sure when they play Pittsburgh, if this is a team that, through the first two months of the season, is living up to the hype of being the front runner to win the ACC and most likely the national championship.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good way to put it. I think heading into that Virginia Tech game, yeah, you should have a pretty good idea. I mean, it it, it all depends on how the Phil Knight Invitational kind of works out. You don't really know, although I think really regardless, you're going to face some good teams, but... Um, You know, Villanova's not going to quite be the same team that we thought they were going to be when this was originally set up. Um, So maybe that's not as difficult as it once looked. I think, yeah, definitely by the time that you face Pittsburgh, you will 100% know what type of team you are. Um, But I do think it's worth noting that Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech, it is back-to-back, six days off in between. But that's the first time that I remember Carolina having – The two early games like that and having them back-to-back. That is is a weird quirk in the schedule, and so it's going to be interesting to see their mindset, and I think, honestly, it's probably a good thing for them because it kind of gets you into that big-game type of mindset. Look, you should be there probably already with the rest of your schedule, Um, but I think that it kind of gets you in that mode because after those two games – then you have to turn around and, I mean, you play you play the Citadel. But after that, you then go to the CBS Sports Classic. And four days after you play in that, you play in the Jumpman Invitational yeah. against Michigan. So, I mean, Carolina's got to be ready to go by that point in the season. And I think that stretch is going to help them. I think, you know, I like the fact that Georgia Tech at home is the second game. Because if for some reason you do slip up against Virginia Tech, which is possible, we've seen really good teams lose their first ACC game. Um, You'll have that game kind of as a a little bit of a buffer to get yourself going again, and then the Citadel to ramp it back up. So uh, I, I think ultimately, you know, that's interesting. And then Pittsburgh, I mean, the first of the two games that they'll play against them, that one is the road matchup, which again, I mean. I think it's hit and miss. I think when Jamie Dixon was their head coach there, that was a pretty tough place to go play. Don't think it's as tough now. um, But that is a team that Carolina should be looking to get some revenge on. They went in and beat you last year in the Smith Center, and one of their current coaches was talking trash, Uh, a guy that was a former Tar Heel that basically said you were soft. So. Carolina should want to go out and should be motivated. So three really solid games, I think, to begin uh, their schedule. And to be honest with you, probably three that we're looking at and with this team saying they should be three and out.
0: Yeah, and then January, it, it really ramps up because, of course, you play more games, but they take a step up in competition. They play the first two games of the new year. They'll be at home in the Smith Center, Wake Forest then Notre Dame then they hit the road for two games at Virginia at Louisville before coming back to finish with games at home against Boston College and State and then they go on the road to Syracuse and I I think it's going to be really interesting because the names on there are are very they're very appealing because you've got you've got Notre Dame you've got to go to Virginia You've got to go to Louisville and you gotta to go to Syracuse and you got that home game with Wake Forest, but I don't think you really know, you know, how good Louisville and Syracuse are gonna be. So when you look at those games, you're talking about the environment maybe being the biggest issue because Louisville is a program that's in transition as they rebuild. Mm-hmm. And then Syracuse, Syracuse's program has kind of been what you all what was always talked about was gonna happen. With kind of Carolina and Duke, was that everyone thought that Roy Williams and Coach K were going to stay too long and lose their programs? That's kind of what's happened with Bayheim the last couple of years. I think the pandemic has really impacted their schedule. But and you know, with Wake Forest, we we're going to find out. And look, you and I are both we're we're, we're pro Steve Forbes. How can you not be? Like, man. like we're not we're not pro an Wake Forest, but we're pro him as a coach. And we're going to find out if last year was, and uh, you know, a, a really an acceleration of the rebuild, or if that was for real, and that this is going to be a program that that is ready to be a contender year in year out in the ACC. So there's a there's a way where you look at that schedule, and the only game which you would probably expect Carolina to maybe not come away with with the win would be at Virginia. And that's just because we know what the House of Horrors going to Charlottesville and John Paul Jones Arena has meant for this program for the last almost decade now.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I I mean it's it's tough, man, because I think there's so many wild cards here. Like I think I think there's no doubt in my mind that Virginia will be good. I, I think that's a team that's gonna bounce back this year. But outside of them, I don't really know what to think about a lot of these other teams because, I mean, look, Notre Dame, I mean, they bring back a decent amount of guys. I know Dane Goodwin's coming back, Nate uh, Nate uh, yeah, he's coming back. but they're still a team that, they. first of all, they lose Blake Wesley. That's going to be extremely tough for them to p- replace. Uh, Paul Atkinson was a good player on the inside for him, too, so they got to replace him. Uh, believe it or not, Cormac Ryan is coming back, even though I think he uh, is one of the original settlers of this country. Um, that's how long he has been playing for them. Um, so they're a little bit of a wild card. I think they are they probably – I mean, if you're looking for a guarantee, that's probably the second best – Team you play, and then outside of that, we really don't know because Wake Forest, man, they lost so much from a year ago. Like you said, I mean, we, I, I think, I, honestly, I think Steve Forbes is probably like Dave Clawson on the football side of things for us. We respect that these guys are really, really good coaches at a school that you know academics kind of it kind of takes the cake and athletics take a little bit of a backseat. Um, so I, I think. You know, if if coaching-wise, you would imagine that they can still be good, but I don't know. Um, Louisville, man, that's a tough one. That's a team that, I mean, I could definitely see them. They're still going to have talent on that roster, so I could see them having a really strong year. But at the same time, I just don't know what direction that program's heading in. Syracuse is just, they're at the point now where it almost feels like they're just waiting out Jim Boeheim. And whenever he wants to retire, you know he'll end up moving on, and they'll they'll find their next coach, and that's when they'll kind of start building something. But I guess you never really do know with them. I think the good thing with them is we always seem to get them really late in the schedule when they're starting to kind of get things together. Yeah, playing them early probably helps you out a little bit. And then I mean, NC State, and and this isn't just because of the podcast that we're on. Man, this team, it, them in Boston College, I mean, honestly, I think Boston College may be the better team of these two. I, I mean, you talk about a guy that I respect and I think will build something, maybe not great, but can get them to a couple of tournaments. I think there's hope with Anthony Grant. There is no hope at NC State with Kevin Keats. Like, that's a dead man walking at this point. So, Carolina, th- th- what I'm saying, this portion of the schedule – you should be able to navigate pretty smoothly. I'm not a huge fan of that at Virginia, at Louisville, back-to-back. That's tough, no doubt about it. Um, but I think that this is this is another one of those months, kind of like you've always seen for Carolina, where the first half of that schedule in the ACC is very palatable. You, it's It's one that you look at and say, okay, Carolina should be able to stack up wins there. I definitely feel like that's the case here, and I mean honestly, but if you're looking at these first ten games of conference season, I mean you would hope that Carolina maybe walks out of this
0: eight and two. Well, and that so nine and one. I, I think what the month of January really is is going to show for Carolina is their maturity level. If this is a team that's living up to the hype. That that's meeting the expectations, because if they are, you're right. You're probably looking at a situation where you're eight and two, nine and one. It's really hard to ask any team to start conference play ten and zero in the ACC because they're. I mean, as bad as the media wanted to make the conference a year ago the conference showed its strength in the in, in the NCAA tournament. I mean, Duke was supposed to run through this conference. They didn't start 10 now, So, so it, yeah. You know, but I, I do think this will be a, a good month to really see after they reset with all the big-time games in the non-conference schedule. Because, remember, that was the issue last year. The beginning part of the year was that Carolina got up for the big games but didn't get up for – the you know the the Boston colleges or the world or something like that, and they found themselves playing tight games. January will really really show if this team has matured mm-hmm. before they get to February, and it starts off with the second of two matchups with with Pittsburgh, but then 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 you have back to back road games at Duke and at Wake Forest, and you know the Duke game is what it is. It's an animal of its own kind, and it, it, this will be the first real. Unique road game at Duke for for a for the first time in a long time simply because you have a first time head coach who is in a lot of ways who will be establishing himself but also establishing his vision for the program a lot like Huber Davis was last year when Duke came to Chapel Hill the only difference was that was Coach K's final trip to Chapel Hill. And and so that's why there was all that. That's why there was so much pizzazz on the other end. And you follow that up with at Wake Forest. I always get somewhat finicky with the ACC schedule makers when when they make us go back on the road after playing the Duke game, just simply because um, you know how much emotion goes into playing that, and, and it's really hard to get back up. But luckily, they'll have roughly three days in between games, so whether they're celebrating a win or trying to put a loss behind them, there is enough time there to, to really process that result. You come back after the, the the road trip to Winston-Salem with two home games against Clemson and Miami before back-to-back road trips with going to NC State, Notre Dame, and finishing out the month with, with Virginia and, and Florida State, and it really starts, you could really start it with with that home game against Miami through the end of the month, with Florida State, with mm-hmm. maybe being the the toughest part of Carolina's entire schedule to navigate. So February a lot a lot more difficult month for Carolina, where you could you could you know go split it, or maybe you know win one more than you lose, or even lose one more than you win. But you could still come out of this month feeling positive because that is probably the toughest part, the, the 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 most grueling month of their entire schedule all season long.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, and and it makes sense. It always it always is because, well, first of all, March you only get one game pretty much every year. Maybe you sneak one in the first day of March or something like that. But yeah, I mean. You know, Pittsburgh aside, I think after that it really ramps up because I'm with you. I think, you know, clearly at Duke is going to be a a spectacle. They will hype that one up beyond belief once again that it is a new coach. As you mentioned, Huber Davis didn't even really get that shine even when they were in Chapel Hill. It was really still the focus on Coach K taking Mm -hmm. that final trip. So, um, this one, John Shire will probably get a lot of the media coverage for for this game, although, you know, depending on where Carolina's at, they could certainly get a lot of buzz as well. Um then having to go on the road at Wake Forest, I don't like that because yeah, that is a is that a is it no, it wouldn't be a Monday, but it's still a Tuesday. It, it's kind of sleepy type of environment too, especially if that team's not that good this year, which we think is very possible. So I'm not loving that, but you know it is what it is. That's still a game you should probably win. Um, Clemson, Miami, yeah, that's a pretty that's that's a stretch. Where I mean, I know Miami had a good year last year, but remember they lose a lot, a lot from a year ago just in terms of their entire roster. Um, so it'll be pretty much the backcourt: Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack coming in. Um, so that that that'll be their strength. Um, but if Carolina can navigate that, then, as you mentioned, they get to uh, a, just a brutal part of the schedule. They have three road games out of the four games that they play, and that stretch, those four games, they play in eight days. Mm-hmm. So that's a uh, that's a brutal stretch. The good news is, is that after that, they do get five days off, get a little bit of breathing time before they have to play Duke um, in March. But... Yeah, I mean, there's no way around it, as you would expect. Uh, That is the toughest part of the schedule for Carolina is February. And, you know, by that point, you know, hopefully that is when Carolina is rounding into form. We saw, you know, we sort of saw it last year at that time. Really, it took them until late February to get going. This year, I think they'll probably want to be in in that form a little bit earlier. Um, But this is, for Carolina fans, yeah, it's challenging. But here's the thing. This should be. This should definitely have you excited because this is going to get you prepared for what your ultimate goal is, which is to win a national championship. It will get you prepared for that ACC tournament. It will get you prepared for the NCAA tournament. So I, I think you can't. You can't be too mad at it, especially if you're one of those people complaining about the at a conference schedule. Um, so I, I. I. But I think this one. This one's probably tough. I mean. You would imagine there's probably two losses in there, maybe three at the max, um, but I would probably say two, and I, I think that it's it, it gives the Carolina what they need.
0: Yeah, and then as you mentioned, they'll finish up the regular season um, at home against Duke. Of course, will be senior night, and it, it'll be one of the more most emotional senior nights we've had probably since we said goodbye to uh, to Kenny Williams, Luke May, and Cam Johnson because you've got a senior class that's going to, you know, include a, you know Armando Baycott, Leaky Black back again. This year you'll have a transfer in Pete Nance and you know this will be kind of uh the first time that um the media will be able to focus really on Carolina in this side of the rivalry. Although of course this will be John Shire's first road trip in the match in the rivalry as the head coach. So let's run through. I'll run through the month by month breakdown once again before we take another break. In December, it's at Virginia Tech versus Georgia Tech, and then at Pittsburgh. When the when the calendar flips over to 2023, Carolina starts with Wake Forest, Notre Dame, back to back road games at Virginia and Louisville. Home to BC and NC State before they close out the month at Syracuse. They kick off the month of February at home against Pitt. Then they have back-to-back road games at Duke, at Lake Forest, before they come home for two more against Clemson and Miami before finishing the month uh, with three with three or four games on the road, that being at NC State at Notre Dame, home to Virginia, and then at Florida State before they conclude their calendar ACC play in March at home against the Blue Devils. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll play this week's ad from DraftKings, and then when we come back, we'll just give some more overall thoughts, answer some questions about the schedule before we get out of this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. The NFL's opening week was action-packed and is just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. If you want more action, everyone can exist the thrill of DraftKings Early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Commanders fans, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all these great offers I've been giving you on the Four Corners side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog podcast as well. So I think this one is is very a very easy question to answer. And I think it's how how should we feel about Carolina's opponents that they'll just play at home compared to the opponents that they'll just play on the road. And the home only opponents are Georgia Tech, Boston College, Miami, and Clemson, games that we feel should be all four wins for Carolina just given that, you know, what Carolina's supposed to be and, I mean, Miami is maybe the team that's going to be the, the the closest threat to them in the conference, but the road games for Carolina at Virginia Tech, a team that won the ACC tournament a year ago, Louisville, Syracuse, and Florida State, and, and while Louisville and Syracuse may be down in overall stature, that's still a hard place to go on the road and win. Meanwhile, Virginia Tech and Florida State have long-time been house of horrors for Carolina basketball.
1: Well, in Virginia Tech, I think it's still going to be pretty good this year. Um, I think we another guy that you look at in the conference and you just have to respect, maybe you're not— you know, somebody that that watches the team religiously, but Mike Young can really coach. So that's gonna be a tough game for Carolina to open conference play. Florida State, I mean, I, I got a real feeling that this year they they could be the second or third best team in this conference. I think Carolina is the best team in this conference. There's no doubt about that. But I think Florida State's gonna be on a mission this year to prove that last year was a fluke. That they have got something still brewing there uh, with Leonard Hamilton, who again, you know, one one of the things about Leonard Hamilton, surprisingly, surprisingly old. He's getting up there in age. I think a lot of people don't really realize that about him. Uh, so they're going to be motivated to try to get him a- in contention. Um, you know, maybe for uh, really for his first final four appearance. I think that's what that team's goal is going to be coming into the year. Um, so those two are definitely tough. Yeah, on the road at Louisville, again, I don't, I I really don't know. Like, that's a team that's going to have talent. It's just, are they able to put it together, especially by the time that Carolina plays them? That's another one. I think both them and Syracuse, to be honest with you, uh, Carolina drawing them earlier in the schedule, drawing them in the month of January, is probably helpful for Carolina. Um, now again, some of the teams that you would normally see on the front end of the schedule that are swapped with them um, maybe are you know a little more difficult this year, uh, although we don't really know about Wake Forest, but that's the main one that I think most people will look at still. Uh, I definitely think that those are places where Carolina has, you know, had some. I'm not going to say fits, but you know they they get challenged there uh, at both of those spots, um, especially Louisville. So uh, they're going to have to be prepared for those games. But yeah, it's it's very obvious. I think, as you mentioned, the home slate really the only team that you look at um, and really feel concerned about of that foursome is probably Miami. Um, But the thing is, is you never really know. We could come back at the end of the season and be looking at a completely different, you know, uh, group. And, I mean, we honestly have no idea what Georgia Tech is because Josh Pastner, we thought he was a tremendous coach a year and a half ago. Now we sit here and we're saying, I mean, that team could be back to what they've been here recently. You know where they're picking up maybe five, six wins in conference, and they're just kind of there. Um, so I, I, I think that you know uh, it's it's a it's definitely a slate that Carolina looks at and thinks we have a really good chance to knock this out of the park.
0: Yeah, and this is typically how it goes, where they either load up and give you tough home only opponents, and they ease up on the road, or they give you you know easier home only opponents, and they make you really pay for it. Away, No matter where Carolina is going. And I think the thing that I think Hubert Davis is going to have to get through his players heads this year is you're going to get everybody's best shot because of what you did last year, because of the expectation that you're going to enter in this year. With being a you know a preseason at worst top three team in the country, you're probably going to be the heavy favorite to win the the Atlantic Coast Conference. You've got all Americans in your front court and your back court. There there's going to be a lot of expectation, and so these these are going to be games that Carolina's got to get up for because these opponents like a Josh Pastner and stuff like that may need another signature win or two to just save their job. And so I think that's just something where the maturity of this team, I think, is really going to show throughout this entire schedule. Um, let's talk about Carolina's home-and-home home opponents. Because I, I I think since they've gone to six teams, this has been as close to me being on board with their opponents as I've been. Because you know Duke and NC State are automatic, and as much as like we we claim that, that NC State is no longer a rival – cuz we just beat them we should still play NC State twice but for you that for you that have co-hosted it with me and those that have listened even when we were the Roy's boys podcast i always just beat on the table and said you need to include wake forest and you need to include virginia because those are rivalries that you need to protect and maintain. That's how we got kicked out of our last studio. And you know, especially in this day and age where conference realignment is still, it's still there. I know we feel like everything's kind of just calmed, but that means there's just another big move or two on the horizon. You don't know how long you're going to get these rivalries, and, and the thing about Wake Forest and Virginia is, no, they're not as they're not as sexy and they're not as appealing as Duke and, and, and NC State are. But Carolina's played those two schools a really long time, and if they're both really good, it's going to make the ACC a whole lot better seeing those those types of matchups twice in the regular season in both teams' home and away venues. I mean, I got to tell you, Virginia. Has become pretty
1: sexy. I know last year Carolina really just demolished them, um, and I think you know. Look, we we always want to. Hey, we'll we'll go in there and beat them down, no problem. I wouldn't mind if that was a a became a game that Carolina could win pretty easily. But um, with with Tony Bennett, I just don't think that's that's going to be it. Um, so I think that's one that yeah. I mean, as a Carolina fan I mean yeah you you hate the fact that they've had so much success against us here recently but um, I definitely think that that's one that Carolina fans should want on the schedule wake I mean look it's been tough no doubt about it they have been a team that has struggled for a while but it looks like Steve Forbes is at least giving that program some life and yeah when they were when they were good You know, back in the day, and you know, for us, really, the most recent time was in that mid two thousands period. Yeah, you wanted to see them twice. Those those matchups are important. So, yeah, no, I I definitely think having those on the schedule, playing those two home and home, is great. Um, I, I think you know Notre Dame. That's a tough one for sure because we are not great in that building at all. Um that's that's going to be a really tough road game for Carolina going there. Um and then Pittsburgh, I mean, that kind of is what it is. I think that's one that's on there and you're always going to have it seems like Carolina always has one of those each year. Boston College, Georgia Tech. Um this should be the one that they should sweep this year. No questions asked.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, I feel like, you know, Notre Dame, um but, I mean, first off, Mike Bray is still continuing to do just a fantastic job at a place that, you know, we we talk about how hard it is to win in football at Notre Dame. It's it's twice as it's twice as hard to win there at basketball. And that's what he's done is he's built a consistent winner. And then, you know, with Pittsburgh, I think there was just so much belief that Capel was going to be the guy that could get that program back to the heights that it experienced when Jamie Dixon was there. And that just that just didn't happen, but I mean, I'm not going to argue with your other three opponents from with the other three Big Four opponents. You're you're seeing twice, and you're seeing Virginia because I think it's it's healthy for the league that those matchups are being played as often as possible. And and you know you're going to have to face you know a a, a former Big E school once you know twice a year. I'm not complaining that it's not Virginia Tech because of how tough they are to play. But, like, if there's one that the ACC is probably wondering, well, if we could have flipped this or that, you'd probably imagine they'd much rather say Carolina and Virginia Tech twice as opposed to to Carolina and Pittsburgh twice. What's the toughest part of the schedule? Is oh, Is it on. the end of the gauntlet of February, really starting with that home game at Miami with the premise of Miami – not being a, being an elite eight team like yeah. they were a year ago, but let's just say a a, a field of sixty eight team, or could you make the argument that those two games early in December, sandwiched in between, you know, coming off the ACC Big Ten Challenge, having to go, but like, but like the the worst is like the the, the games after, the, with Ohio State and Michigan, or after those two ACC games. Yeah, but you know.
1: I, I you the, the thing for me is you've got you've got those six days off in between Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech so you've got some time to sort of collect yourself and e- even after that you know you've got uh, Georgia Tech on the 10th the Citadel on the 13th mm-hmm. I think clearly the the hardest part is that you're going neutral site to neutral site now granted the second neutral site is charlotte so that's an area where you would imagine it's going to be basically a home crowd for you um so because of that yeah i would lean that end of the season uh that that really for me i think it's the five games at the end of the season i get put miami in there but i think because you know that game at state at notre dame virginia at florida state and th- and then of course duke I mean, that's three of four on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I mean, say what you want, Carolina's had so much success at, at PNC. It's it, it shouldn't be, I, I don't think it's going to be that much of a challenge this year again. Although, I will say this though, that game, you would imagine that would, depending on if, I mean, if it's just, let's just say they get off to a horrendous start. You could definitely see them making a move like Louisville did with Chris Mack and firing him early in the year. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think you'll see his team fight for him. That could be a big game, though, for Kevin Keats to try to keep his job. So you would have that. At Notre Dame, as I just mentioned, not a place Carolina's had a ton of success. They definitely struggle there. Um, And really, let's be honest, a lot of teams in the ACC struggle there. It's a tough place to go play, especially when they're good. Um, And then at Florida State. And like I said, I really think that the ACC championship, right, the regular season championship, like I think Carolina should win it. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But it's unfair to just hand Carolina that ACC regular season trophy now. So I think it's a three-team race. And I think Florida State's one of those three with Duke and Carolina. So I think they're going to be right in it. And here's the thing about that. Those four games, when you include Virginia at home in there, come in an eight day span, and then after that, then you have to turn around and play Duke. So I mean, and, and that could, I'm gonna tell you that that could definitely be for the ACC regular season title at the end of the year against Duke. So if you put all that together, to me, there's no doubt that five that that five game slate, is the hardest part of the schedule for this team?
0: Yeah, so it's it's going to be a sprint to the finish for Carolina, and they may have to sprint their way to wrap up their first regular season ACC championship since they split one with Virginia when they went sixteen and two back during Kobe White's you know you know sensational freshman season. So we're still roughly two months away, but uh, it's never too early to make predictions we we've already labeled this season as national title or bust for carolina. You know, barring something unforeseen with injuries or something like that. I always say that if you contend to win the ACC or if you win the ACC, you are a threat to win the national championship. That opinion is not going to change this year. We're also guys that we value what you do over a three-month span as opposed to what you do over a five-day span at a neutral site venue. So we, we put a lot of emphasis on winning the ACC title. And, I, you know, if if we both had votes, I think we would both vote Carolina to do so, but we don't have one. So I'm going to pick Carolina hey, to do one. Speak them. for yourself. This podcast got me a vote. Um I think the thing is, is what's the record? I, I I've always said since moving to the twenty game model, fifteen and five is is the mark you probably got to achieve to go to, um, you know, and in some years it might be sixteen and four. I don't think fifteen and five wins you this conference outright.
1: I I don't either because I still I look, man, I think there's good, there's there there are a lot better teams in this conference, even even towards the bottom. Like I said, I I still think I like Georgia Tech is one of those teams that a lot of people are going to look at and probably put towards the bottom. I think Josh is a really good head coach. I mean, with Pittsburgh, they're probably going to be fighting for Jeff Capel's job. So who knows what what that kind of how that plays in? And we like Anthony Grant. We think there's something that he's building there. But I still think in order to win this conference title outright you ha- you have to win
0: 16 games in conference. If you don't, you won't win it outright this year. And I, I'm with you. And so, I think the games that, you know, that, that 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 look at the schedule and you see losses January 10th at Virginia, um just because of the nature, you haven't won there since John Henson and the boys were in school in the 2012 season, we'll always pick Carolina to to sweep Duke. When we make our actual predictions, but you know, common sense would tell you those two teams are going to split, and usually the home team is going to win either one. And then I think your two other losses would be at Notre Dame and at Florida State. But I think I think if Carolina mm. wins wins the ACC, or I, I think the baseline record for whoever wins the conference is sixteen and four. I think I think fifteen and five. Yeah, you're probably yeah, talking yeah. about a split. I think if you mm-hmm. get the if I think if you push that win total to to sixteen and four, seventeen and three, you're talking about Carolina being an a, a, a ACC champion. That's where
1: I'm at. I think seventeen and three is what Carolina is going to go at conference this year. Woo. I be, I believe it. I I definitely think that they are good enough to do that. It's um, a lot of bojangles. It's, of- it's just about living up to. It's about living up to those expectations, and I think that this team is motivated to do so. Um, I really do feel like this team has the feeling of, I'm not, I mean, again, I think it's going to be kind of in the middle of that 08, 09, uh, or wait, yeah, yeah. That's right.
0: Are, yeah. you, are you okay over there?
1: Yeah, I'm. I, I'm, I want to make sure I'm getting my years right. And the sixteen seventeen team, um, I really do think that this is a team that probably has a little bit more overall talent and depth than the sixteen seventeen team to be able to sort of put it together from start to finish. I don't think they're as good as that 08-09 team, which is one of the best ever in Carolina history, maybe the best. So I think seventeen and three is certainly achievable, um, and I'm the guy that thinks
0: they will be dupe all times. Um,
1: I, I I mean not, I mean
0: so do I, but I think like conventional wisdom, you just you probably you you probably oh, think I, I, going in you're going to split.
1: No, I mean you you probably do, but I look, man, I know he's doing a great job in recruiting, and and look, I don't think that that means don't don't take this as I think John Shire is not going to be a good head coach, but I thought. I mean, last year was a massive confidence boost for Hubert Davis when it comes to this rivalry. Like, you beat that team two of three times and pretty and pretty much ended what many people regard throughout college basketball as the greatest coach's career. I mean, pretty much twice. People mm. thought you ended it twice, pretty much. You ended his career in, in Durham in front of his home fans, and then turned around and actually ended his career on the Final Four stage. I think that's huge, and I think it's going to pay off. So, to be honest with you, it's not even a slight at John Shire. I think it's more about Hubert Davis and the confidence that he gained from that. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think those those other three games that you listed are probably their losses. Um and who knows, there could be another wild-card one in there, but I really think this team has the makeup and this schedule gives them a chance
0: to go 17-3 and in conference. Well, we'll find out. Not soon enough because the ACC season is still three months away, but uh, Carolina basketball will be here before you know it. With that, guys, we are going to wrap up this edition of the show. We do encourage you guys, go to the website, HeelToughBlog.com go back and check out all the coverage we had for you from Carolina's football when winning at Georgia State over the weekend we got Anthony's recap Ashton's analysis there will be a trench report posted as well as the stock report and then Cartario football is idle but there will still be some stuff up on the website uh, for all you football guys as for the basketball side of things on the website there will be an article. Breaking down the, the schedule as well, Ashton is set to release a feature article on all five starters, starting with Armando Baycott. You can find that on the website as we'll be getting you ready for the start of the basketball season, which isn't too far away as practice does open up later this month. As for the podcast, you know where to find us. Just search the Four Corners podcast on every major podcasting platform. And there we encourage you guys to rate the podcast, give us a review, tell us what we're doing that you like, tell us what we're doing that you don't like, so we know where to improve. But most importantly, we do encourage you guys. To hit that subscribe button, that way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the the remainder of the off season, and of course once we get into season mode. That is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. Want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels.